Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Athletes Rising. I'm your host, Kelly Gray. In this episode, I talk to Jim Hoey. Jim is a former Major League Baseball player, a pitcher. He started his career with the Baltimore Orioles and had a couple of other stops along the way. You have to listen to find out where. Um, in this this episode, we talk a lot about the mental side of the game, the mindset that is needed as a professional athlete um, when it comes to injuries, when it comes to recovery, when it comes to um, jumping up and down the minors and into the final big league moments. And so I think that our listeners are going to be able to get a lot out of this conversation. Um, I know I certainly did. So without any further ado, please sit back and enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Jim Hoey. Today's episode of Athletes Rising is brought to you by Cinch. Cinch is an API-driven sports management platform that simplifies the registration and management process for parents, coaches, directors, and organizations. No more jumping between apps or websites trying to figure out where all of your kids' information is. Cinch puts your entire sporting life in the palm of your hand. Do you or your organization run any kind of camps? Cinch is going to be your answer. Download the app, register your organization, create your camp program, and publish. It's as simple as that. All done from your tablet. Now any parents can search and register their players directly from their phone. You can manage all of your registrations, communications, finances, and even marketing all from your tablet. That's right. Cinch is a mobile app. So as an organization, you can have it with you out on the field as well as at home or in your office. To learn more about Cinch and all that it has to offer, visit the website at cinchhq.com or download the apps from the App Store and Google Play. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Athletes Rising. I am Kelly Gray and today I am joined by Jim Hoey. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Um, so we'll just jump right into it as we do with every episode. Um, talk to me about how you found sports and baseball and um, you know, how, how it became a passion and a love. So, I mean, I guess it starts is, is when you grow up. Uh, you know, I played multiple sports, baseball, soccer, uh, basketball. Um, and you just kind of grow up with that competitive mindset. And it starts when you're younger. Uh, you just have fun with the game. And I think that, that transitions until you get older too. It's just, it's a youth sport that turns into a career and uh, you have to have fun with it. So I think starting at that younger age and playing a range of sports to see what you like, I think, uh, you know, that that's going to really help you succeed in the long run is if you're having fun and enjoying mm -hmm. it. And, and that goes through every level that goes from a kid to, to the big leagues. If you guys aren't having fun, it's, it's going to be a struggle out there no matter what. Um, when you were young, did you play every sport under the sun or like what were, what were your favorites? Yeah, I think my favorites were soccer and, uh, baseball. And I think, you know, you, you do play, I know my mom, uh, was, was shuttling me from sport to sport every season. And so, you know, I always, uh, I always come back to that with her and thank you so much for pushing me to, to kind of, uh, get out there and, uh, <laughs> you know, fail over and over. Uh, yeah. Baseball is such a sport of failure. Uh, but yet, you know, keep getting on back on that horse and just enjoying the ride. Um, but yeah, I tried to play as much as I could, even backyard sports, getting outside with roller hockey and ice hockey. 
Yep. Uh, I played those a little bit as well. I feel like, you know, you, you play more when you're younger and then you start to figure out what you want to or what you enjoy and what you want to focus on as you get older. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been a common thread amongst a lot of the guests that we've had on the show is like, oh, I played this sport because either my sibling played it or, um, you know, my parents just wanted me to do something. I know in my case it was um, I was active and I had two younger brothers and they just wanted us to get out and run around and get tired. And so they would just put us in, in all sorts of things. Um, but at what age, like, did you, do you think that you like focused on um, baseball? It's funny you say that because that's, yeah, they literally push you out the door and say, go play with your friends. And it's, and it's whatever your friends feel like playing at that time that you start picking up, whether it be like roller cool. hockey or backyard football, it's, it's like, Hey, what do you guys want to play uh, in this time? But then you start getting the organized sports and that's kind of where you, you take off into uh, learning the fundamentals of the game, uh, yeah. enjoying the sports camaraderie, uh, the social aspect of it, and playing with your teammates because there's a whole component to that that really molds you to the to the person that you really are today. Yeah. Um, but then when I start focusing on the sport, I played soccer and baseball in high school, and towards uh -huh. I th I think it was uh, my sophomore year when I told my father that I wanted to focus on baseball and not soccer his heart was literally broken uh, <laughs> he, he was he was so upset but yet understood at the same time and then he looks back on it and he, and he uh he kind of laughs and at the uh it was still a joke between the two of us today uh that I chose baseball over soccer um but you know uh it's it's that tough decision that you have to make and focus on um you know what you you know, want to be good at if you again, if your goal is to be in the big leagues or playing professional sports of some caliber, you, you try to focus on the skills that uh, you need to, to compete at that level. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what's interesting there is, you know, you're a sophomore in high school and that and I, I think that today it's so much younger than that, right? I've people I've coached and, and stories I've come across, it's parents telling their kids, at, you know, six or seven years old, you need to you need to pick your sport. You need to focus. You need to specialize because that's how you're going to get to the top. And I just think that that's a, a silly notion um, because I would bet. And this is my next question to you is playing all of those other sports growing up would benefit you in baseball. I, I think it does. And we can go into the whole parental aspect of sports and you know, trying to narrow your kid down at six or seven into one particular, you know, sport and then yeah. drilling in the fundamentals. Like, where's the fun of that, really? Honestly, yeah. it's it's trying to guide them in the right direction, but making it fun at, all, at the same time. My dad, uh, I'd say, used to whip my behind in racquetball, like just yeah. literally whip my behind. But he would also make it so fun. that I'd be like, all right, dad, let's go again. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, you look back on it, he was inadvertently teaching me how to fun in failure and having yep. fun with the sport in general, no matter what it is, whether it be racquetball or baseball. Um, but then, you know, uh, um, you know, growing into it, it's uh, it's a different story. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, one of the overarching themes of all of this is that specialization, while it may work for the one off player, it generally doesn't work overall. And I know in my case. I played everything under the sun and I know as a coach, I like kids that have played everything under the sun because I just think that they develop faster and they develop, develop these skills that you wouldn't naturally develop in soccer. And so I'm always just a huge proponent of, of kids trying everything. And, and, you know, as coaches, we just don't know, we don't know, or, and as parents, we just don't know what sport is going to be our kids. Sport. Totally. And we just have to 
let them actually be the ones to choose. It's, it's what they're going to have most fun with. Like, what are yep. they most passionate about? And encourage them to do that. And it's not only physically beneficial to play different sports because of the movements involved with it, but mm-hmm. it's cognitively beneficial, yep. meaning the, the skills and the, the, the you know, quick decisions that you have to make at one's the sport uh, yep. don't necessarily translate into another sport, but then you're learning and molding your mind in different patterns in order to uh, kind of have this just, just, you know, great mind for different, whether it takes you into different sports or your professional, uh, or I should say outside of baseball, but your, your corporate or your, your life yeah. skills as well. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So um, we touched on a little bit here, the conversation with you and your dad about focusing on baseball. Um, what was it that made you choose baseball over soccer? Interesting. Uh, I don't actually know that question. I think it was just I, I enjoyed the game a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the kind of chess of it, uh, being yeah. strategic in your decisions. Um, the funny thing is I actually like the fast-paced watching either soccer or hockey more so because it's it's continuous and it's fast-paced. Sure. I, I, I honestly uh, feel that baseball is a little slow now as I get, <laughs> as I get older and I've watched over, you know, I forget it's in the thousands of games, of um, <laughs> but I think this, the, 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 the sport itself, the skills that you needed, the, the uh, thinking that is involved in between plays and the, the, the strategy involved. I think that's where it was really interesting to me. And, and, you know, the hardest thing to do is hit a, hit a baseball. Uh, yep. and, and, you know, it's, that's what kind of drove me to the sport itself. It's just the passion for it, it comes back to that. Um, at that point in high school, do you did you notice that you kind of had this uh, ability that others didn't in in baseball and and honestly in the same same kind of question goes to soccer um, did, did you recognize that you were a successful athlete in both of those sports so no uh, so I was never really even high school college and professionally I was never really handed the opportunity of like here this is yours to lose yeah. um, in high school. I actually transferred my junior year because I wasn't getting much playing time. Uh, mm-hmm. I figured, you know what, uh, let me let me go to a different school uh, that is closer uh, to a different area. Uh, and it was totally outside, actually, I should say, and see what I can do uh, at this uh, school. Um, wound up junior year, did well. Senior year, uh, that's when I kind of dominated the league itself and knew that this is a possibility of going on to college. Uh-huh. Got a college yeah. scholarship. And then even then, uh, wasn't handed uh, the. I was a I was a dedicated pitcher at that point. Even wasn't handed a starting role. I had to earn a starting role uh, by getting through uh, becoming a closer and then into a starter. And even then, I was I was I was good. Uh, I was good enough to get drafted. But again, wasn't drafted high. I was drafted into the thirteenth round out of my junior year, and still mm-hmm. had to fight in order to get to the top. Learn all, the entire way. The whole process is all about learning. Uh, and how to become better and grow and adapt. So even then, I had to work, work, work until uh, one year. The fruits of those uh, those efforts kind of kind of took off, and I went from uh, low A to the big leagues in one year, which is um, kind of unheard of. Uh, also, a model of like you can you can succeed as long as you continue to work, continue to grind. Yeah, I mean, God, I was I was reading. <laughs> Uh, just kind of about your entire career before this conversation. And uh, 
that really stood out to me as well that it was like it just everything just kind of seemed to hit at one time and Mm -hmm. it was one specific year that you just kind of climbed the ranks right and then made your um your debut right yeah you you lock it in and everyone you know when you're in the zone you're in the zone there's a there's I, I, I preach this quite often is everything you do in sports, no matter what sport it is, it's all about feel uh, yeah. your feel, your release or your touch on a ball or, uh, you know, your swing in a golf uh, uh, a swing of a golf club. Like everything mm-hmm. you do is feel. And that year uh, I did something right during the offseason to prepare myself uh, for that season and was just feeling the best I ever felt, was able to throw the ball wherever I wanted to throw the ball. And when you have that kind of control in baseball, uh, you really can can have some a lot of success. Well, that's interesting. So it kind of touches on this whole mental aspect of the game, right? And I think there's a huge push in, in the mentality side of things right now, and I fully believe it. Um, you know, for, for soccer, what I always attribute it to is just um, confidence. And it really could be anything. It's just confidence. And I know that even in my own career, it was like there was, there was a time for me where it was like high school and, uh, and then some in college where – I would just walk out on the field and just know that the other team was in for it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a feel like you said. And um, it, it's one of those things that I, I wish I would have tried to focus more on that and develop that more as an athlete uh, in my professional career. Um, it was just kind of something that happened and I don't really know how. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the things that where I think that athletes these days can make a make big strides is by trying to learn and teach um, that that kind of mentality. Yeah, you know what, I 100% agree. And if I look back on the same things that I did in my career, uh, there's things that I would do differently to build that confidence. And that confidence comes from learning and repetition. Uh, Some of the mechanics behind it, you know, what what I said in the offseason is, um, you know, the repetition of throwing the baseball and throwing where I want it built the confidence that I can throw it wherever I want it. And then I actually did it and performed uh, the same thing with learning and learning the opponents, learning the, in my case, the hitters, their weaknesses, their strengths. If I had just did a little bit more and we had the tools that we have today with video and uh, uh, the data analytics behind it, yeah. I could certainly arm myself with the, the confidence of if I throw this ball right there, I will get him out. And, and yeah. you know what, if you have that confidence, you will do it. And if you miss, you're going to be like, oh, well, I'll do it next time. And that's yeah. where confidence yeah. kind of overrides the mind. Yeah. In one of our other episodes, I think it was our last episode, I was talking with Chris Winger, who's a professional soccer player in MLS for too many years. Um, he brought up this concept of irrational confidence. And what he was talking about was he had gone into a national team tryout when he was young and he had talked himself into believing that he was better than everybody else even though he knew deep down that he wasn't but he had like convinced himself that he was and i loved that idea of irrational confidence and it was it was the same we kind of got into a similar conversation as to like man i wish i would have taken advantage of that more throughout my career in various games or in various seasons to um to be able to perform at at that level and um and it's just again it's one of those those uh hindsight 2020 kind of things no it's it's you're right it's hindsight 2020 because you look back on it but yeah you're absolutely correct like that type of confidence what, what was the term again like i might steal that Ir- irrational <laughs> confidence irrational confidence i like that was, term because you, 
it, right. it makes total sense. Like, because, because if, I don't know if you've been watching the Michael Jordan, the last dance at all. Yeah, it's, yeah, this, of course. it's the same type of mental perception of I'm going to beat this guy. And in, 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 he has, and which I agree with too, this persona of he makes it personal. And when yep. someone anchors him, it's like uh, the phrase, don't, you know, don't wake the sleeping giant. It literally yep. is that. Cause I, I don't know why, but I felt like when I played and when I was in the bullpen, I actually had to, I'm a very calm person. Uh, kind of yeah. even keel, um, but I had to make some sort of emotion in the bullpen just come out within me because that elevated yep. a little bit of my stress, which makes your focus and attention a little bit better. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it elevated how I played just because of those mere factors. And then if you go into that, uh, um, you know, that confidence or the kind of per vendetta personal uh, attack against this one individual that you're now facing. That's the competitive mindset. If you look, I just kept looking at Michael Jordan going, I get what he's trying to do. And I get why he's totally in, antagonizing his teammates. Cause that's going to happen in the game. Somebody's going to get under your skin in yep. a competition in the finals, no less. How do you take that energy and, and put it towards good, good of the team, good of the players, good of yourself. Which is just totally yeah. interesting uh, um, when when I found out that him and then Michael Phelps made a statement too that he yeah he did that too with his teammates as well. Um, you can look at it two different ways for sure. Yeah, I again I couldn't agree more. It's for me it was more I think about the times where I felt like I played the best or the seasons that I had the best, and it wasn't it wasn't even so much of like having to fire myself up for the like against the opponent. It was all about me going out with a confidence and a joy about how I played. And I always kind of deep down believed that I would be successful because I knew that I could outwork my opponent mm -hmm. and that I had this confidence in my creativity and, uh, and my ability. And so even if I was going against somebody really good, it was always, it was, I always had this mentality of like, yeah, but, but how is he going to deal with me for 90 minutes? Like he might, he might beat me for some of the minutes, but he's not going to beat me for the 90 minutes. And uh, again, for me, it just comes back to this whole idea of the mental aspect of the game. And everybody's trying to give themselves these various advantages with all of the data analytics that go into the game and things. I don't feel as though there's enough of that focus being put on the, the mentality and the psychological side of the game. Um, yet I believe that it will be one of the next areas to blow up in sports um and and i think rightfully so because i think that it, it really controls everything it, it gives you uh, and if you think about it everybody on the field has a strength and everybody kind mm -hmm. of kind of is, is equal at the same time um you know if i look back on the career and look at players yeah. that had the same fastball or the same slider than i have well why didn't they uh further their careers as much as i did it's the the mm -hmm. ability to get back on on the horse when you fail, when you when you give up a game winning home run, or you give up a game winning hit, whatever it may be, and then at the same time, mm -hmm. it's to get back when you just uh, close the game out and you win. The next day, it's a clean slate. It's new. Um, there's it, yeah. it's, it's 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 a definitely, and they've been trying to figure out for a while. It's a mental game uh, alongside of the physical game, but it is significantly mental if you have the same physical capabilities. Yeah, and I feel like when you get to the the highest level, you know, get get to the professional level, the the abilities are pretty darn similar. There's very little that separates 
um, you know, one player from another. And it's sometimes it's just that little advantage of the mentality that will end up, you know, having you make that roster for that game or having you make that, um, you know, make that team over somebody else, you know? Yep. Each, each day is new. Uh, you have to have the ability, the greats like Jordan, turn it on each day. Yep. Um, and you'll hear announcers say he looks tired out there. Well, he's not physically yeah. tired. I guarantee you, unless he's, unless he's just can't get any sleep the night before, he's, he's usually not physically yeah. tired. It's, a, it's more mentally tired than anything. Yep. Well, let's, let's jump back into your career. I want to, I want to kind of get into what that, what was that feeling when you originally got drafted in college? Wow. Um, so it, it was a lot of excitement. And I think uh, when, when it was over radio, if I remember oh, really? back then, uh, it wasn't even, I think it wasn't digital at all, uh, now that I think about it. Um, and uh, we had all our family into, in, our, in our house. Uh, I think there was about 20 people there uh, just waiting for my name to get drafted. And when it did, you, know, you received the call beforehand and mm-hmm. uh, um, as soon as I got the call, it was the Orioles. Um, we kind of just all erupted in excitement. And it, and it still, you know, it gives you like any game uh, that you feel those goosebumps of uh, victory. It's kind of the same yeah. thrill uh, that you get. Yeah, I mean, God, that I, I know what mine was in just kind of similar to yours. I was sitting in a hotel room with two other buddies hitting refresh on the browser <laughs> yeah. so that I could see if my name popped up in one of the slots. And, uh, and then it was wait for the phone call from the organization and figure out where I was traveling to. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. And that, that's actually the same thing when I got called up to the big leagues that you, you get a phone call in the morning. You're like, okay, great. This is awesome. And then what do I need to do? <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, and so you call your parents while you're waiting. And then I think my, Mine was, uh, I was right down about an hour away. So it was just a, a car ride to Camden Yards. Uh, uh, nice. no, no, no first class ticket, uh, no nothing. It was basically <laughs> just a car ride in, in uh, I think, one of the clubby's cars. Uh, I think it was, a, it was a Honda Civic at the time. <laughs> so, I, nice. so I was all jammed into the passenger seat. That's amazing. So, <laughs> um, again, let's, let's, go, let's go back to that. So you get drafted um, right out of Ryder University and into the Orioles organization mm-hmm. um what was kind of your expectation at that point so um it's gonna be a longer ride so i was expecting uh more so just to come in and compete uh learn the organization i mm-hmm. was going to you know try my best to be in the big leagues but it is in baseball a longer longer road than any other traditional sport that you may see. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're, you're, you're in it. Uh, I, I think I was 20 years old uh, when I got drafted. Uh, I went to Bluefield, West Virginia, uh, which is yep. just, I believe it's called the air-conditioned capital of the world. There's nothing out there, basically. <laughs> There's really nothing but yeah. hills and everything. So it's your first introduction to minor league baseball where you see the stories of them traveling on – on just uh, beat up buses and uh, you know twelve hour travel days. Uh, it's the typical. I believe I, I lived in a, a double wide trailer, uh, <laughs> making nice. Think, at the time, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. It's it's standard uh, minor league baseball at its best. Uh, but then you know you, you you go to spring training the next year and you kind of learn the system. Um, 
Uh, and again, you're you're just not you're not expecting to be in the big leagues anytime soon. You're just furthering your skills and your traits, and then you just mm-hmm. kind of you know learn, uh, take away from the 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 knowledge of the professionals, the big leaguers, the ex big leaguers that are coming in there to train you, the coaches that are coming mm-hmm. here to train you, and taking away everything you can in order to mold yourself into the professional athlete uh, uh, that you could could be and uh, uh, potentially make into the major leagues. Um, so, so after it looks like after that season, uh, or or soon after that season, you had to get surgery. Yes. Um, talk about talk about that that mentality then of like, because I know that's scary. You wonder if my career over. What's what's next? So where where was your head at at that point? You know, I think I was young enough. I had two surgeries. I had Tom and John in '04 and a torn labrum yeah. with shoulder surgery in '08. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I was just young enough for the Tommy John where it just doesn't phase you, especially with all the the uh, the news of Tommy John, you coming back stronger. I was actually more wow. excited. Uh, I was in pain for, you know, two to three years already. And I knew that in my elbow and it just came down to one day. I couldn't turn a doorknob and I couldn't throw a baseball. And so at that point, oh. you're, you're 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 looking over to them going, look, guys, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and you've, you've yeah. already been in so much pain that the pain just – you know, it just kind of goes away because you're used to it. But at the point where you can't pick up the ball, you're, 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 you have to speak up. You're like, I just can't do it. You know, you, you give up. Um, of course. So, but the, uh, the, the recovery, I was always uh, optimistic in, in both rehab programs. Uh, took it day at a time. You actually trust the process. If you don't trust the process and you start thinking about how to expedite or accelerate your, your, your rehabilitation, you're just going to kind of um, lose yourself and lose sight of the, of the tasks and the current moment at hand. And that's all you're trying mm-hmm. to do. You're trying to do your, in my position, cuff weights, my, my forearm exercises, my shoulder exercises, all these things that are guided to you by professionals, professional trainers. So to trust the process, do what you need to do every day, do it correctly, focus on uh, each rehabilitation technique. It's just like your strength training, focus on each rep, each set, uh, and try to get down into um, what you need to do every day in order to have this yeah. long-term vision of where you want to go. So when you came back from that, um, it was a positive experience, yeah. right? Yeah. And if I did my research right, you actually gained a couple miles an hour on, on your fastball? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, with that type of surgery, if uh, your ligament is torn at all, it's loosening your ability to, to throw, I guess, at the speed you're supposed to throw. And so yeah. having a Tommy John and coming back uh, stronger uh, than ever, that was that year in 2006, uh, my first full year back, the year before that, through half the season, was able to get a couple games mm-hmm. under my belt. Uh, and then again, off-season, regular rehab program uh, and throwing in the off-season. If you're, if you're, Diligent in that process, I came back, and that next year, feeling great, was able to throw the ball wherever I wanted to throw. And I and, mm-hmm. and I believe, you know, towards you know halfway in that season uh, is when you know I, I made the All Star game. They they brought me into Double A, and then even from there, like we're, we want you to finish the season in the big leagues. And so you know that it, it propelled. Uh, again, mm-hmm. everything comes back to feel. 
it propelled the feel, yep. the confidence, everything I needed, uh, a perfect storm just to, to, to kind of take that train all the way to the show. So when you get that call to go down to Camden Yards, what's, what's that like? What's that, that, that moment of like, oh, my, oh my God, <laughs> like, I, did, did I make it? I think I made it. You, you know, I, 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 as mentioned before, I'm so even keel that, you know, when I found out, I, excitement inside, but then when I called my home, like, hey, I'm going to the big leagues. And they were more fired up than I think I ever was because it's of course it's, yeah. it's a task at hand. I've been doing this for so long. Uh, it, there isn't a little bit of excitement, but yet at the same time, I, I have to go out there and I perform. And you know, when the reporters ask you after the game, so what did it feel like there? What was your first experience like? I said the first thing that I noticed when I walked on the mound was how bright it was. That's <laughs> that's the only thing I re remembered is I stood on the mound. And I said, wow, it's bright out here because you can see everything that the, the lights yeah. are definitely more bright than a minor league ballpark because of, again, yep. most likely broadcasting. They need to see everything. So uh, mm -hmm. it's funny. It's there's no nerves. There's no excitement. I just literally remember walking out there going, wow, it's bright. I can see everything. When you reflect back on that first game. Um, and your first appearance, do you have a different take on it now than you did, um, let's say, like right after that happened? Um, you know, if you look back at the career, I guess you can reflect at a higher level and think about, wow, mm -hmm. I actually did that. Uh, whereas in the moment you are, again, you're, you're pitching. You've done this your whole life. Yeah. And this is... Just another day, another game, maybe a little bit better hitter, but you know what? I'm just going to go out there, like you said, pitch to my strengths. I'm going to just throw my fastball, yep. and if they can hit it, they can hit it. If they can't, they can't. Uh, and and yeah. so when you reflect on it again, late, years later, like right now, I could see, you know, it was – it's it's a feat. It's a it's – a, it's a, it's, well, I think it's one out of every 6,000 – high school players can actually achieve uh so yeah it's it's a it's a it was a great ride um i have i don't sit and reflect on it too much now that i think about that <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i just people have asked me that question before there was um they, they asked a lot what's it like like playing in front of like 50 60,000 fans and my take on it was always like i i wasn't even really sure that <laughs> exactly you never know. I was just on the field, yeah, and I was just playing, you know. Mm -hmm. And and then there's moments where, like, we had MLS Cup in 2006, and we went to penalty kicks, and and I took the first one, and I didn't realize until after I had kicked it, just kind of like the gravity of that moment. Um, I you know I, I've taken a thousand penalty kicks in training. I've tons in games in my you know career and. Um, but you walk up in front of, you know, whatever, 40,000 people there. And it's just you and the goalkeeper. And I hit it straight down the middle, right at him. And he dove out of the way, thank God. <laughs> and, um, and then I turned around and like the crowd is like going nuts. And that's kind of when the, mo the gravity of the moment hit. And I was like, oh man, like, wow, that was ballsy. I didn't mean to do yeah. that. <laughs> and like, and that's like, where man, you're trained. Think about that. Yeah. Well, that's what you're trained to do. You're trained to focus in the yeah. moment. Uh, use your practice and the skills that you've developed over time. And then you have one task. Uh, you picked a, you probably picked a, a, a left, right, center. Uh, and then you mm -hmm. said, 
all right, this is what I'm going to do. You visualized it. A, a lot of things that we do in sport is visualization uh, because you yep. want to see where it goes. And then you just did it. And then you didn't think yep. about whether you're going to fail or you succeed because when you start thinking about that, your, your ability to focus is only on one object. So if you're focusing exactly. on missing it, well, you're not focusing on kicking it. Uh, yep. So you're, you know, you're trained that way. And it's interesting how that kind of correlates into life uh, lessons, sports in general. There's so many life lessons to be learned. And that's specifically one of them. If you have a task at whatever it may be in a work school environment uh, and you're worried mm -hmm. about the grade or the outcome, well, you're not worried about how you got to that outcome. So it's just, yep. it's, it's just uh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, it's such a, such a unique, I, I encourage sports just for that aspect, the social aspect, uh, it really molds a character. Um, speaking of the visualization, that's one question that I wanted to ask. Um, putting on that Orioles jersey for the first time, was that something that you had like visualized as a as a kid, as a player in the minors? And then what was the what was that feeling when you actually did and like you see yourself in the mirror the first time? You know, it is something that you dream about as a child, like you want to make it to. I don't think I went so far in depth as to actually visual myself putting on the jersey. But watching mm -hmm. watching the games and reflecting back on the times that I had with my grandmother watching the Yankees, I think that mm -hmm. that sort of feeling came over me for the first time, again, maybe a month into of already up there pitching. When I stepped foot in Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, Heard my name be announced by, and I forget his name, the legendary announcer. I forget his name at the moment, but uh, he, he, you'd always hear Derek Jeter's name be played back. And in fact, they recorded it and played it back for him when he passed away. But when I, I yeah. actually got chills when I stepped foot on that mound and heard my name announced for the first time uh, within the yeah. game moment, just because it brings you back to your childhood and your memories of mm – -hmm being with your grandparents or watching a Yankees game, watching them win the World Series. And I think that's when I, uh, you know, started to reflect uh, just for a few seconds, uh, but then get back into, got back into it. I feel like um, actually, <laughs> actually the, the Yankees and the Red Sox were the two teams that I always dominated. I think again, because the, it, 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 the, the heightened focus and the, and the, and the, and the heightened adrenaline, uh, kind of yeah. led me to that. I'm going to do this because I've seen it done so many times. And then when I faced the Diamondbacks, I would I would get knocked around a little bit and go, "What the heck just happened there?" You know? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, so uh, it was it was it's it's you, again it's a mental approach to sports and anything that you do. It's just that's how it how it over uh, uh, kind of has an effect on the outcome. Um, so at, at one point, then you end up getting traded to the Twins. <laughs> Um, what was that experience like? Uh, so I actually got that call. Uh, I got woken up uh, because everything happens in December during the off seasons during uh, winter meetings. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, an, it's a weird call because, uh, one, you're sad about leaving an organization that you've grown a part of, uh, the families that you mm -hmm. the, the friends and family that you, that you meet. Uh, basically, I call the Orioles my, you know, my family. Uh, and yeah. And you, you move on. So there's also an extent sense of excitement that you're moving on to a new team that you have ability to help uh, who wants you to help. And you have the ability to help uh, make it to, uh, you know, some sort of success, whether it be playoffs or, or World Series. So, um, you know, it's bittersweet and you get to move on and make new friends and, and be a part of a, a new journey 
uh, you know, at the same time you're, you're leaving your family. Um, with the twins, did you, did you have to play in the lower leagues or were you with the, the, so, so it was between me and another guy, uh, towards the end of the, the season, I had just started throwing my split finger, which actually helped me so much tremendously in the latter half of my career. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they wanted me to go down and develop the split finger just a little bit more because all I was doing during spring training was actually throwing the splitty. I very rarely threw a fastball. And then when I did, it was just right by it, which, again, it's a learning experience. I treated it as. Um, So that little bit helped me. And so I started and I was down in the, the minor leagues for a a week or two weeks or something like that. And then, and then went up. Mm-hmm. And so then I was, I was good from there. Um, and it, what was the highlight of your time with the twins? You think Highlight of my time. Uh, well, I actually, um, so again, growing up a Yankee fan, uh, I would watch Mariano mm-hmm. Rivera, Derek Jeter and Posada and sure. the whole crew. But, uh, we had gone to Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, uh, for a single playoff game because we one got, had gotten rained out or so uh, uh, in the yeah. months before. And uh, we lost, but it's the first time uh, because uh, Mario Rivera actually, Mario Rivera broke his saves record, broke the all-time save record in that game. And it's the only time mm-hmm. when you pitch in a game you go back inside, usually you do your, your workout, you do your you know, cup waste and so on and so forth. Just get prepared, ice down yep. and so forth. It's the only time I actually came out from the clubhouse to watch us lose. And then was kind of, yeah. again, a little bit excited that we did because then, yeah. then I could say I watched history. I was a part of history. Yeah, you witnessed yeah, it. It was, yeah. it was an amazing experience. Again, growing up uh, as a Yankee fan, it just again, it's just sweet in that. I watched him win World Series, and then I was then a part yep. of his history. And I still have yet to get yep. an autograph from him. When I see him one day, I will stop him and say, look, I need, I need this ball signed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so at that point, or I guess at what point did you kind of realize that um, the career was almost over? Uh, you know, when you can't recuperate as fast, uh, you, you, you're, you mm-hmm. mentally can play this game. In fact, I could still play this game <laughs> and so, but your, mm-hmm. your body just cannot, uh, handle, especially as a reliever, the day-to-day activities of being, uh, you know, live and, uh, having to pitch back-to-back days. So when I started to see my performance dip as, uh, not, not even velocity, but just the way my body felt, I was, I was uh-huh. just just in every aspect from shoulder, elbow, knee, hip, and I still have those re- residual <laughs> rehab <Yep>. process. <laughs> uh, um, you know, when you start feeling the recovery behind it slow down more and more on a daily basis, that's when you kind of know, look, I, and that was the difficult decision I had to make. It's like I have five more years left. I was 30 years old. It's like I have five more years, yeah. I'm estimating, that I can do this over and over and over with my body. Or I can, yeah. you know, retire, uh, find something that I'm also interested in. Uh, I'm, I'm also interested in, and it was a computer science major. So, so I was always trying to mesh the two uh-huh. technology and sports together. Uh, and I wouldn't be where I was yeah. today if I kind of didn't make those decisions. I knew I was going to be successful in some way, somehow. It's a matter of finding that passion to be successful. And I, I'm now working within esports at Logitech G. And I couldn't have married both sports and technology together any better 
than the position that I'm at now. So it's just, again, following the passion and, and enjoying what you do, having fun with it, and using everything that you learned within the competitive environment and sports environment, then applying that to something else. And I love that. What a what an amazing story. And uh, thanks so much for sharing all of that with, with me and with all of the listeners. I think that people are going to take a lot from this. I'm sure that we could end up going on and on and on because I'd love to hear <laughs> your opinion on all sorts of various aspects of youth sports and professional sports and, and especially some of the lessons um, that end up transcending sports into other aspects of life. Um, so maybe we'll have to do another episode. Yeah, hey, sometimes. maybe but, next time. You know, in, in this case, I just want to say thank you so much. Awesome having you on the episode. Um, if people want to find out in, any information about you, is there some way they can? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, uh, jhoey5, the number five. Uh, that's really kind of my only medium of platform. It's, in fact, it's, uh, I, we didn't even have that when I was playing. Uh, it's, it's newer, <laughs> which we did. But no, right. so I really appreciate I you having me. Thank you very much. It's been a, a pleasure. I love talking about this sort of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll speak soon. All right. Have a good one, Kelly. Thanks. Bye.